In June 1941, World War II had been raging for nearly two years. The British Empire and Nazi Germany were locked in a brutal conflict. Most of Western Europe and much of North Africa was under Nazi control. Suddenly, on June 22, 1941, hordes of Nazi soldiers suddenly thrust their way from occupied Poland into the Soviet Union. Soviet forces were forced backwards almost 700 miles to the outskirts of Moscow. Nazi Operation Barbarossa had begun, effectively bringing the Soviet Union into World War II. How could the Soviet army have been caught so off guard? Had they no warning? In fact, they had had many warnings, and all were ignored. Stalin was well aware that Germany had been massing troops in Poland, but Nazi ambassadors had assured the Soviets that German troops were just being relocated to Poland to protect them from potential British bombing. Soviet spies had brought reports to Soviet intelligence of Germany's intention to invade. In the final days before the invasion, Stalin received numerous warnings, including the identification of the actual day of the attack. It is reported that Soviet sentries captured many German spies who confessed that Germany would attack the Soviet Union on June 22nd. Three days before the attack, Soviet aerial reconnaissance revealed that German tanks and artillery were massing around Soviet borders. Yet Stalin still did nothing. The warnings were ignored, and the price of that neglect proved to be horrific. Have you ever ignored a warning? One that, if heeded, would have saved you much grief? In this program, I am going to introduce you to a warning given to this very nation, and which, if not heeded, will lead to unimaginable disaster. Stay tuned. Failure to heed warnings has led mankind to experience near a continuous litany of needless suffering and sorrow over the millennia. Today I would like to address an example from the ancient world of an historical figure whose warnings went unheeded with horrific consequences. As you will see, his message, while directed at political leaders 2,800 years ago, shows a stark parallel to the condition of our nation today. This historical figure listed in reference books is known simply as Hosea, son of Biri. His writings date from a period somewhere between 790 to 720 BC. A little over a century later, they were mentioned by two senior Jewish priests, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, in their scrolls. This verifies the authenticity of the section of the biblical text known as the Book of Hosea. Literary scholars generally agree that Hosea himself was a man of the upper class of Israelite society, based on the writing style of the text. Hosea's words and his physical actions were intended to provide both a written and visual lesson to the nation of Israel. By the time Hosea was delivering his message, the nation of Israel had been in the land of the Canaanites about 600 years, having arrived around 1400 BC. Roughly 200 years before Hosea's time, 
Israel had been divided by a civil war after the death of Solomon. Ten of the northern tribes formed their own kingdom of Israel, while the remaining southern tribes formed the kingdom of Judah. At times they were allied, and at times they were at war with one another. When the northern kingdom of Israel was established after what started as a tax revolt, not only was there a change in political governance, but also in religious life and practice. The God they had worshipped at his temple in Jerusalem had provided laws and statutes as well as an administrative structure. The new king of Israel, Jeroboam I, around 931 BC, disassociated the nation from the religious connection with Jerusalem temple worship and the leadership of the Levitical priests, fearing their political influence. Instead, he established two religious centers in the Northern Territory, one at Bethel and one at Dan. This act Hosea regarded as responsible for all the later religious failings and political disasters of that nation. Thus, two nations grew out of this division of the Israelite peoples. The Northern Kingdom, Israel, followed the corrupted religion of Jeroboam I, with its reintroduction of golden calves and a degradation of the laws that God had given Israel through Moses and the prophets. Initially, Israel grew quite powerful under kings like Omri and Ahab, but they, like others, rejected the pleas brought directly by a series of prophets sent by God. They warned and encouraged the people to return to the religion that had been delivered to them centuries earlier in the days of Moses. Israel generally refused and disasters and invasions followed. The northern kingdom experienced suffering and humiliation rather than prosperity. In a moment, I shall get into Hosea's startling prophecy and show how this message is a warning that impacts your life, the life of your family, and the life of our nation. We would first like to give you an opportunity to call, email, or write for our free copy of a specially prepared DVD, which will give a more intensive look at the prophecies that have been preserved in the Bible, especially those which refer to the time that is not long ahead of us today. A good number of those listening to this program will see these inspired predictions come to pass. You can be prepared if you are aware. This special DVD, Prophetic Messages from History, is available free of charge and with no obligation. All you have to do is request it. Here's how. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. Call the number on your screen and ask for your free copy of Prophetic Messages from History or order online at TWCanada.org. This DVD contains three eye-opening Tomorrow's World telecasts, each highlighting messages recorded in the books of Jeremiah, Isaiah, and Ezekiel. These historical books contain vital information about what lies ahead for the world. Dial the number on your screen or visit us online to get your free copy. If you missed our contact information this time, keep watching and I'll be back to give it again. We are told in the historical record of the Israelite kings, as preserved in the books of Kings and Chronicles in the Hebrew Bible, that in an effort to restore some proper government, the God of Israel established a king who would restore the nation at least physically. He was Jeroboam II, no relation to the first Jeroboam of 150 years earlier. He began to reign about 786 BC. 
It is to him that Hosea, a man of high standing, came with a serious warning that if heeded, would have saved Israel from disaster. Jeroboam II became king at a terrible time of turmoil in both countries. Judah was just recovering from a period of great instability and violence. Israel had almost ceased to exist as a nation, enduring repeated defeats at the hands of Syria. All this changed as Jeroboam began to rule. The biblical record of his reign is not all flattering, but explains what God did through him. In the fifteenth year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria and reigned forty-one years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. It appears, though he did not correct Israel's sin of golden calf worship, God was using him to restore the nation, as he was giving Israel, in Jeroboam's long reign, one last chance, which included a warning from Hosea. He restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was from Gath-Hefer. This is quite interesting. Jeroboam reconquered virtually all of the territory Israel had under Solomon, including regions south of Judah. And Jonah, whose story we read in the book of Jonah, also predicted Jeroboam's victories. Jonah and Jeroboam II were contemporaries. For the Lord saw that the affliction of Israel was very bitter, and whether bond or free, there was no helper for Israel. And the Lord did not say that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam, and all that he did, his might, how he made war, and how he recaptured for Israel from Damascus and Hamath what had belonged to Judah, are they not written in the books of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? In the book of Jonah, we read that God miraculously caused this prophet to have such an horrific experience in the belly of a fish that he relented and went to Assyria to warn them. Shockingly, the Assyrians learned of Jonah's miraculous experience, heard his warning, and reacted thus. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and set in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Was the story of Jonah and the fish the only thing that concentrated the minds of Assyrians on this warning?
Jeroboam had just destroyed the armies of Syria, and it is quite conceivable that he may have felt confident enough to launch an attack on Assyria itself. It could explain the quick repentance of the Assyrian king. Before we continue, I want to remind you of today's special offer, a DVD titled Prophetic Messages from History. This DVD examines prophecies recorded by the biblical prophets Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. These prophecies have profound implications for your future. To request your free copy of this DVD, call the number displayed on the screen and ask for Prophetic Messages from History. You can also order online at TWCanada.org. Have you ever asked where is the world headed or what does the future hold for me? We answer these questions and more in our magazine, Tomorrow's World. It is also yours free of charge. Don't wait. Call or visit us online to get your free copy of Prophetic Messages from History and Tomorrow's World magazine. I hope you enjoy the rest of today's program. Israel was now prospering as it had not done since the days of Solomon. It had a king who gave stability, who was internationally respected, and who had the longest reign of Israel's history. At the nation's height of power, Hosea came warning of impending destruction. He delivered a series of warnings that may have lasted for several years before returning to Judah, possibly driven out of Israel. Hosea had a dual message. The first was a warning of certain destruction if the nation did not change its ways or repent and return to living in harmony with God's laws, which their ancestors had agreed to follow centuries earlier at Mount Sinai. At the same time, Hosea was inspired to include prophecies of the beautiful, peaceful, and prosperous life the nation would experience in the distant future because eventually the nation would heed and repent. Hosea, through his prophecies, outlined the problems and their consequences, but did not omit the solution. In presenting God's case to the Israelite people and rulers, Hosea began by comparing Israel to an unfaithful wife of a very faithful husband. The wife betrays her husband and seeks improper relationships with other men, becoming an adulteress. Hosea then reminds Jeroboam and Israel that at the time of the covenant in Sinai, Israel was married to God, who promised to be faithful to Israel and provide for them in return for their loyalty. However, Israel became unfaithful and wanted to worship God her way, running after all manner of other religions and despising the law of the true God. Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Hosea reminded Israel of their contractual responsibility and the promises they had received of honest, reliable, and caring leadership. But Israel had rejected God. Hosea identified their problems. However, this is a prophecy for the descendants of the northern tribes in the days in which we live as well. Notice some similar behavior patterns in the nation in which we are now living. 
there was no knowledge of God in the land, and lying was systemic. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. For the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying, killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break all restraint with bloodshed upon bloodshed. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. It seems dishonesty now also reigns, from individuals to news sources and government. This is in many ways enhanced when a people cease to be a knowledgeable people because of a corrupted public education system and, as many feel, a biased news media. Of course, Hosea was also referring to knowledge of God and his laws. The present-day ignorance of these is without doubt. They were a rebellious people who relished immorality. Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. Their drink is rebellion. They commit harlotry continually. Her rulers dearly love dishonor. We also in our Western nations tend to rebel even at proper authority and immorality is no longer considered an issue. They mixed with other peoples in their practices. Ephraim has mixed himself among the peoples. Ephraim is a cake unturned. Aliens have devoured his strength, but he doesn't know it. Our people now do not seek to know their history or value the Bible, which is the basis of Western culture. We want to praise and adopt other cultures and forget our own. Their days as a nation were numbered. Yes, gray hairs are here and there upon him, and he does not know it. We no longer have many children, and therefore as nations we are aging and diminishing. The prophet warned of disastrous events which would inevitably destroy the nation, but could be avoided if the king changed his ways and led his people in turning back to obeying God. We'll examine three consequences of failing to heed these warnings. One of the first consequences of disobedience was that they would lose their wealth and their capacity to create wealth. In other words, they would be reduced to poverty. And I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, of which she said, These are my wages that my lovers have given me, so I will make them a forest and the beasts of the field shall eat them. Therefore the land will mourn, and everyone who dwells there will waste away with the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Even the fish of the sea will be taken away. This, of course, is because the nation had turned away from God and had sought, in Hosea's day, the lifestyles and religions of foreign lands, which were rife with idolatry and immoral behavior. It is also true today. A second consequence would be violent rebellion. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way, in the multitude of your mighty men. Therefore tumult shall arise among your people, and all your fortresses shall be plundered. Thus it shall be done to you, O Bethel, 
because of your great wickedness. At dawn, the king of Israel shall be cut off utterly. The phrase, tumult shall arise among all your people, or literally uproar, implies violent unrest. The normally law-abiding peoples of our nation will deteriorate into mobs. Continuous lies from leaders, media, and between citizens will misdirect this people. Violent rebellion and rioting will occur in our cities to the point where the nation becomes non-functional. My friends, this is the future of your land if it does not change from its present course. This brings us to our third and final consequence for ignoring these warnings. Israel was to be hated by nations, defeated in war, and enslaved. For I will be like a lion to Ephraim, and like a young lion to the house of Judah. I, even I, will tear them and go away. I will take them away, and no one shall rescue. I will return again to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face. In their affliction they will earnestly seek me. God wanted a warning given to Israel to cause them to at least be aware that the course they sought to follow would lead to the death of the nation. But they could avoid that terrible fate if they changed the direction. Hosea gave the warning. He was sent anciently to Jeroboam II when Israel was at its height of power, rich, invincible on the battlefield, yet at the same time willingly rejecting and despising the way of life that God wanted them to follow. Their nation and lifestyles were corrupt. It took a courageous man to give that warning, which went unheeded. And in 721 BC, the kingdom of Israel ceased to exist as a nation when it was conquered and taken into a brutal captivity by Assyria. Thus God sent prophets to warn Israel, and those prophets were rejected. Note the words of Stephen following the death of Christ, who warned the Jewish leaders just prior to his martyrdom. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. Ancient Israel went into captivity but God ensured their survival, as many prophecies still had to be fulfilled in them. Promises that God had given to their father Abraham long before. It was prophesied to become a group of the wealthiest and most powerful nations on earth at the end of the age. Yet it was also predicted that they would reject God and his law and become corrupt. Instead of being an example of proper behavior, they were to become, even in their wealth, the vilest. In this state, near the end of the age, they are to receive another warning, a warning which will use the words of the ancient prophets yet again. This is what the true church of God will be doing. It is commanded. The prophet Ezekiel wrote over a century after Israel was destroyed and taken captive. 
Ezekiel himself was among the Jewish captives that had been carried to Babylon 120 years after Israel had fallen to Assyria. He could not, therefore, have given a warning to Israel in his day. Yet he wrote the message that was to be given, and in order that it had to be delivered. But if the watchman sees the sword coming, and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel, therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. Part of the work of the church that Jesus Christ established would be to act as the watchman over the modern descendants of the northern kingdom and over the larger body of humanity who in time will be called to be spiritual Israel. The work is more than just sitting together in a warm place saying soft things to one another in church. Our nation is in large measure adopting behaviors that lead only to depression, loneliness, tragedy, and heartache, in immorality, drug abuse, violence, and ignoring the way of life God gave us in order to lead happy lives. God expects a warning to be delivered to his people today, which is also a message of hope for all who heed and change their lives. God wants something much better for our future. O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity, receive us graciously, for we will offer the sacrifices of our lips. I will heal their backsliding, I will love them freely, for my anger has turned away from him. Those who dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall be revived like grain and grow like a vine. Their scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon. The end purpose of the work of Hosea then and the work of the watchman today is far grander than people realize. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, there it shall be said to them, you are sons of the living God. Our purpose in our work is to proclaim this and to assist in its realization. It is Hosea's prophecy of warning and of reward for heeding that warning. Will you ignore a warning? It's our choice. Please make the right one. If you want to learn more about prophecies recorded as part of this warning message, through such men as Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, be sure to call and request your copy of today's free DVD, Prophetic Messages from History. If you do not have a DVD player, but would still like the ability to view the programs compiled on this DVD, please email us at tw at lcgcanada.org, asking to receive links to view the prophetic messages from history online. Join us again next week when Gerald Weston, Michael Haycoop, and I will again examine the issues of the world today and the promises of tomorrow's world. To learn more about today's topic, visit www.twcanada.org. You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895. 
or by writing to us at Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 465, London, Ontario, N6P1R1. You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, revealing God's principles for living an abundant and happy life while providing insight into current and future events. At our website, you can also watch this and many more Tomorrow's World programs. Call 1-866-784-7895. Write or visit us online today. This program is a production of The Living Church of God.